Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. You might be surprised to learn that Michigan has become known all around the country for crafted beer, wine, and spirits. And now, in its 16th year, the Grand Rapids International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival continues to impress. The Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trail Mac and Cheese Bake Off is back. Three Oaks in the southwest of the state will soon host the Autumn Artisan Market, and the Indie Arts and Crafts Fest in Detroit will celebrate handcrafted crafts and handcrafted beer. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And uh, today, as we said earlier, we're going to be talking about crafted products. You know, crafted beer, wine, spirits, and some other crafted products that you can find here in Michigan as well. So stick around for the entire program. It's going to be well worth it. Where are we going to go to first, Nick? Well, you know, Dave, you mentioned crafted beverages. And here in Michigan, we're very fortunate to be home to so many wonderful wineries, breweries, distilleries, creating all kinds of wonderful handcrafted products. And of course, there are events throughout the year and throughout the state that support those products and give people a chance to come and try them and enjoy them. So we're going to head over to West Michigan to Grand Rapids and talk to Don Baker, festival manager at the Grand Rapids International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival happening November 16th to 18th. And Don, I've been to the festival before, and there are so many wonderful flavors there. But the food, I think, is one thing that Sometimes we, we expect at a wine festival to have great wines to try, but the food is really a, a big part of what you do, isn't it? It is. And when you were talking about crafted, right, I was mm-hmm. thinking about how many things are going to be showcased at the Wine, Beer, and Food Festival that are so personalized to Michigan. And food is one of the major components of that. So whether it's a pairing dinner where a chef is actually curating a meal and pairing that with maybe a wine, maybe some beer, uh, cocktails, or whether it's a small plate offering where a chef has kind of created something unique and is able to really serve that throughout the days of the festival. These chefs are, they're competitive, they're creative, they really want to put their best um, in front of the community for tasting. And this is an opportunity for them to really then, you know, kind of hook you in, right? You like the chef, you get to often meet the chef or the team, the culinary team on site. You get to understand a little bit more about what went into that said dish or dishes. It, was it local produce? Was it, you know, sauces or, or spices or just um, a lot of our produce that's available at that time of year and so these curated menu items and small plates are really one of the highlights i think of the festival so you nailed it nick Mm -hmm. well donna i really like this idea you know as somebody who actually doesn't drink but we have a lot of guests who do Mm -hmm. i actually Mm -hmm. am uh, left with a lot of questions uh depending on the time of the year let's say thanksgiving and we know we're going to have turkey 
Um, well, I don't know what, what wines to pair things mm-hmm. with. So when I come to an event like the International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival, I have an opportunity to learn those things. Right. And you, you can have those discussions with a lot of the Michigan winemakers, brewers who are from our local area. But even beyond that, right, you've, you've got an international show here, so we're focused on domestic, but we also have um, tables that are represented from around the world. And what I love, Dave, to your point, is that these experts can not only help you with what's going to help you um, survive that holiday season, whether it's pairing foods or, you know, impressing guests with a new mocktail or cocktail, and, and, and you get advice for that. But in addition to that, you really get to develop your own palate. And so if you're talking to someone, maybe it's about Sauvignons. And so you want to talk to them and understand what else you might like. They can make great recommendations. And so we're really um, wanting you to explore and educate and really experience a lot of those tastes. You know, and Michigan has so many fantastic wineries, cideries, breweries, distilleries, and there there are so many different Michigan-made beverages there at the Wine and Food Festival, but there are much more than that. I Specifically, I enjoy sparkling wine, and I remember a couple of years ago, I was able to try a Dom Perignon Rosé at the International Wine and Food Festival. So there's an opportunity here for, when you talk about experiencing those flavors, to really try things they may not be able to see anywhere else. Exactly. And get that advice, you know, so often when you're trying something different, you want to know before you buy that at the grocery store, right? You don't want to, you're just looking at the labels and it seems kind of overwhelming. The festival allows for that. You mentioned, you know, one of the wines that's often at our elite collection. And I think that area specifically, Mm -hmm. we have experts that are available all weekend long. And it really helps to um, kind of understand a little bit more from those experts. This year, we've made that area specifically, I think, a little more approachable. So we're going to have things at various tables so that you can kind of taste from around the world, whether it's, you know, worldwide reds or, as you said, champagnes and old world whites, or maybe you're looking for um, something that's local. We have a Michigan-focused table, winners that have been and received a lot of accolades right here from our own state. There's also a table at the Elite Collection this year, which are high-value wines. And so these are wines that are getting high point scores, are being noticed by our distributors, by our restaurateurs, by sommeliers, and are lesser cost. So the Elite Collection this year, I encourage anyone who's been intimidated by it before to really take a moment and try something new and explore these tables that are worldwide focused, if you will, and enjoy some new things. Well, I love the fact that uh, you're showcasing Michigan businesses, but also offering so many other uh, wines, beers, ciders, and spirits, 1,200 of them from all around the world so people can compare. There's also a new VIP preview night you're going to be offering on Thursday, the 16th of November. So the Grand Rapids International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival, it's happening again this year in Grand Rapids, November 16th through the 18th. And you can find out more about this by going to the website, grwinefestival.com. I want to thank Dawn Baker for being with us today. It's all about crafted products from Michigan and, of course, from other places around the world. 
So we'll talk more about this, and we're going to talk about the old Mission Peninsula, what's happening up there, next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz along with Nick Nurbin and we're talking about crafted products from Michigan mostly and uh, of course we really want to support our crafters whether they're making wine or beer or spirits or ciders or crafted products like art art and crafts as well. So um, stick around. We have uh, uh, some really neat uh, guests still to talk to in this program including our next guest. Yeah, and actually, Dave, we're going to head north up to the Old Mission Peninsula near Traverse City, where we talk about crafted beverages. Traverse City's wine region has continued to grow and offer more diverse opportunities and experiences up there. And we're going to talk to Kyle Brownlee from Chateau Chantel, which is out toward the middle, almost toward the end of the Old Mission Peninsula. And Kyle, Anytime you're talking about visiting Old Mission Peninsula, the wineries are now part of that conversation. How important has the wine industry become to Old Mission? Um, You know, it's one of the um, biggest industries on the peninsula. Um, We have 10 wineries now um, as part of the Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trail. And if you just come out and visit and drive around, you'll notice that um, a lot of what you see along those drives are grapevines. That's true. Well, you know, between grapevines and uh, cherry trees and a variety of other uh, fruit crops out there, uh, one of the things that people just love to do when they're in the Traverse City area is just simply drive up and down mm-hmm. the old Mission Peninsula. I mean, just for the views is um, is worthy of the drive. But as you point out, Kyle, uh, the wine business has gotten very big along Old Mission Peninsula, also the Leelanau Peninsula. Why did that come about in that area? Um, it really just has a lot to do with the geography. Uh, you know, the stuff that we're able to do out on the peninsula as well as on Leelanau side um, is something that we couldn't even do just right in Traverse City. Yeah, so I know. The water plays a big part in that, uh, just giving us a little bit more growing days, um, elongating those summers, and really allowing us to grow the varietals that people love. Yeah, I I know from talking to other folks as well, uh, just because of the kind of the hilly nature of that area, I know grapes love to to grow on kind of hills quite often, so that's been a a big reason. And in your association, the Old Mission Peninsula uh, Wine Group, you do a, a bunch of uh, fun events, and I know you have a, a big event coming up pretty soon. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, we're uh, excited to have the Mac and Cheese Bake Off come back. Um, this is something that we've done um, almost since the infancy of the Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trail, and we were on hiatus over the past few years, as a lot of things were. So this is our first year back in a while, and um, we're excited. Um, you know, all the people that are planning to come out are very excited. Um, it's something that we do every year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, so November 25th this year. And um, basically, people who come out and guests are able to enjoy some of our delicious wine, and then paired with 
macaroni and cheese made by uh, local restaurants in the area. Well, I know mac and cheese is popular with just about anyone who enjoys fun, delicious culinary delights. And so really a unique opportunity. But the thing that is so different and unique about this event, Kyle, is talking about the pairings. And so the chefs do actually work with winemakers and the staff at these Old Mission Peninsula wineries to come up with specific pairings. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, honestly, that's one of our favorite parts. Um, you know, working with the winemaker and our team and working with the chef from the different restaurants. And, uh, you know, it's always a good day when you get to sample the, the different mm-hmm. options and start pairing it with wine. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying to showcase that, you know, wine can be pretty versatile. You can pair it with different things all the way down to something as, um, you know, much as comfort food as macaroni and cheese can be. Um, and then the chefs from each restaurant, they tend to have a really fun time with it, too. So they like to get a little more experimental. You know, you're not just going to see the same type of macaroni and cheese at every different winery you visit. Everybody tries to put their own spin on things. I was just wondering about that because mac and cheese to me, and I'll admit it, I really love Kraft (laughs) mac and cheese. I do. Right out of the box. It's good stuff. (laughs) But my wife um, makes kind of a baked mac and cheese, uh, just homemade, which is spectacular. So tell us, give us kind of an idea of some of the, the mac and cheese um, types that are going to be offered here? Yeah, so um, as you can imagine, we're still working with a lot of our partners to figure out what's going to happen this year. Um, but in the past, we've seen everything from, you know, seafood mac and cheese. Hmm. Um, we've had chocolate-covered mac and cheese before, which, as odd as that may sound, hmm. was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people doing different styles of, like, trying to deconstruct the macaroni and cheese. Um, using, uh, obviously the cheese is a big component, so you'll get, you know, aside from the standard cheddar and stuff like that, you'll get stuff featuring raclette or gouda, just really trying to get, um, experimental, but still trying to stay true to, you know, what everybody loves about mac and cheese. Well, and you know, with chefs involved, there's always going to be some creativity. The chocolate covered mac and cheese, I'm not quite sure about. (laughs) That's pretty creative. But (laughs) that's very creative. But I. Kyle, I wanted to ask you specifically about Chateau Chantel, where you work. It's such a spectacular location there. You can see both bays from out on that back deck behind the winery. And Chateau Chantel, as we approach the holidays and we start talking about Thanksgiving weekend, which, you know, a great holiday centered around food, what other types of opportunities do folks who come up to the Old Mission Peninsula and to the Traverse City region have to come out and enjoy Old Mission and Chateau Chantel? Yeah, um, you know... We're always um, happy to welcome guests any time of year. We are open year-round, um, and that is partly in due to our 12-room bed and breakfast. So guests are able to stay out there with us as well. Um, you know, right now is uh, really a beautiful time to be anywhere in northern Michigan. So as you mentioned, grabbing a glass of wine, sitting out on either of our beautiful patios, um, basically have the option of looking out over East Bay or West Bay, um, both, you know, backdropped by the beautiful vineyards. And we have lots of um, fun events, especially culinary events with our cooking classes and our wine dinners. So there really is a reason to come out um, any season of the year. Well, I do love that you do these special events kind of in the slower time of the year. I know it's a holiday weekend and all, but, uh, of course, the Lions play on Thanksgiving Day when we're having all that protein. <laughs> so why not uh, uh, fill it with more carbs on that Sunday uh, after uh, Thanksgiving Day? Um, so do you get a lot of people typically for this event and at this time of year? 
We do. Um, it's traditionally been one of our best events. Um, in fact, it tends to sell out every year um, pretty quickly. So this is one that we, um, you know, we're kind of known for. And then, as you mentioned before, we do have so many other events that go on, especially in the off season. Um, the most recent, and what we'll be doing again this year, is our winter flight pass. Um, this is a great opportunity for anybody who really just wants to come up, enjoy the wineries on their own time. Um, and that's because the pass is available from December through the end of March. So you can purchase the pass. It gives you great discounts at every single Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trail winery. And it just allows you to kind of come up on your own. Um, you know, you don't have to cram every winery into one day. You can make a weekend or even come up a couple different times. We're talking with uh, Kyle Brownlee. He is the director of marketing with Chateau Chantal. And this is all about the Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trail Mac and Cheese Bake Off. It's coming up on November 25th. Now, Kyle, should people go to the website in advance to get tickets for this event? Yeah, all the information for the um, macaroni and cheese bake-off is found on the Old Mission Peninsula Wine Trails website. So you can go there. You can find out um, the best way to get tickets. You can find out what it is. Um, once all the different wineries have their pairing partners um, put together, we'll have all that information up there as well. Fantastic. The website is ompwinetrail.com, uh, as in Old Mission Peninsula, winetrail.com. I want to thank Kyle Brownlee from Chateau Chantal for being with us today and to learn more about not only this uh, mac and cheese bake-off, which does sound like fun, but uh, other things that you can do when you're up at the old Mission Peninsula, checking out all those wineries throughout the year. Now, Nick, I know at Michigan.org, we have a lot of these trails, you know, different types of trails that people can find. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it really is a great resource if you're traveling and maybe you don't know exactly what you want to do, you can get some great ideas. Well, yeah, in addition to the michigan.org slash trails webpage at michigan.org, where you can find inter information about biking, hiking, and other trails, you can find things like the Pasty Trail and learn about the Taco Trail, other types of different things to experience all types of trails here in Pure Michigan. It's a, it's a great resource. People should check it out. And tell you what else they should check out. It is the Autumn Artisan Market coming to Three Oaks. We'll tell you all about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Travel Michigan, from Pure Michigan. Same thing. You know, people always ask me, what is Travel Michigan and what is Pure Michigan? The, technically, Pure Michigan is our brand. That's what people think about us when they talk about traveling around Michigan. Everything is Pure Michigan. All that is good about the state of Michigan, you can just call that Pure Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then Travel Michigan's the office that Nick and I are in, where we get to talk about really cool places like the one we're going to next. Yeah, we're going to head down to the wonderful community of Three Oaks, Michigan. Talk with David Regan, Retail and Public Events Manager at Journeyman Distillery. And David, Three Oaks is one of my favorite villages, towns, communities down in that area. And one of the reasons are the arts. There are so many different artisan markets, g galleries, and events throughout the year. And why is Three Oaks such a community for the arts? Well, you know, uh, we have kind of a high season and a low season and the tourist season, season it's just bustling with lots of uh, activity, you know, people coming in from the beach 
um, visiting that area. And there's just a, a wide variety of stores and uh, art shops uh, within that area. And then there's, of course, a, a number of events um, that are held as well. Uh, at, For example, at uh, Journeyman Distillery, we have our artisan market that happens twice a year. Oh, you do this twice a year? Yes, yes, yes. Like springtime and fall then? Yeah, we do it in April and then uh, this coming uh, November 18th and 19th. Well, we're going to talk about that autumn artisan market in in just a moment. Uh, But I have to just tell you, just as Nick said, I love Three Oaks. That Mm -hmm. whole Mm kind of New Buffalo, Three Oaks, that whole region... You have this great collection of art galleries where the uh, where the artists are really there, antique shops, really unique stores. Like what's that? What's that meat store in? Three that's Oaks? Dryer's Meat Market, which I love. Yeah, that, that's just a, a cool place because it's kind of like going back in time, and kind of an old timey type place. And then you end up kind of just kind of strolling through the small town of Three Oaks. You're going to eventually come to what people describe as the Featherbone Factory, where Journeyman is. What is the Featherbone Factory? Yeah, so uh, it's full of history. Um, So the Featherbone Factory was uh, started by E.K. Warren, and it was really back in the Edwardian period when corsets were becoming in fashion. And uh, he designed uh, to use the turkey feather, the turkey feather, to replace whale bones in corsets and so it uh because whale bones were brittle you know they weren't the most comfortable uh you know really it performed you know not a lot of room to to move and and be active in a corset so um it provided flexibility and of course didn't um didn't uh break and so you know he really started distribution all over the world and uh you know in that time you know, he also became the largest landowner, I'm sure, because of this windfall with the corset. Wow. And then he also made buggy whips in that factory as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that uh, that big old building was repurposed, used for things like there's a theater there, there's other mm-hmm. really cool things. But, of course, it's the home of Journeyman Distillery. Uh, tell us about Journeyman. Yeah, so Journeyman opened in a small part of that uh, old factory in 2010 and uh not to a lot of fanfare um you know i think the first day they had 27 customers walk in and um they've really just grown and perfected the craft over the years and then about six years ago they opened the stay maker restaurant and uh expanded that property to about 35,000 square feet and it also has the uh 30,000 square foot 18 hole putting green out in the back and uh, that was inspired by Bill Walter, the owner's um, time that he spent in Scotland. And so it really has become a destination um, for people to come experience distillering, going on a tour, uh, learning about the craft, um, having, and making a day of it. Well, and specifically about Three Oaks, it draws folks into the region. And earlier you mentioned the beach, the lake. And that is such a strong influence on the entire area, you know, in terms of agricultural and all different types of things. There are a lot of wineries in the area. And when Mm -hmm. when we talk about having the distillery and how is the distillery impacted by the proximity to the water? I'm sure that you may uh, use agricultural products that are grown nearby. Uh, What happens with folks uh, when they come visit? How can they enjoy the lake and what types of products are influenced by that agricultural region? 
Well, you know, being in the Midwest, um, you know, there's lots of grains. And then we have, uh, you know, our rye fields. We have rye fields out next to our property. And, you know, when I think about, um, you know, its proximity to the beach and all of those pieces, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a very high-trafficked tourist destination. I think the the last time I looked, um, just the state parks along there have over 4.5 million people visiting those um, Mm -hmm. annually. And so, you know, when people are, you know, maybe had a little too much sun or want to explore the region because there are so many really, really cool wineries, vineyards, and distilleries uh, and breweries, you know, so there's um, a lot of opportunity to explore. And, and there's people who are enthusiasts about, you know, whether it's uh, exploring distilling processes or brewing um, or just the, you know, uh, viticulture uh, part of winery. Uh, there's just many opportunities. And so it's really become a region uh, where those you know, alcohol producers are driving um, a lot of traffic and tourism into those markets, and, you know, specifically Three Oaks. Of course, Journeyman Distillery has become well-known for really quality products, and and I know each year you uh, host a variety of uh, kind of community-focused events, and you have a big one coming up November 18th through 19th, we referenced earlier, the Autumn Artisan Market. Tell us about that. Yeah, so on uh, November 18th and 19th from 10 to 5, uh, guests can come and experience and support local artists and uh, experience the Sutherland Factory. Uh, They can also enjoy a lot of great uh, libations and food that we have there. Um, But the the makers, the, the origin of this, you know, started like 10 years ago. And, you know, we're makers at the distillery as well. We're, we're crafters of, you know, fine whiskey. And um, so what a better way to celebrate other artisans by having them on site. And this year we'll have about uh, 80 artisans uh, at this fall market. Yeah. And you're going to be able to experience, you know, everything from pottery to handmade jewelry, um, woolen garments, scarves. Uh, one of my favorite uh, vendors there is AZ Leatherworks, and they have uh, they will customize leather products right there for you. So you can pick out a belt, and they will cut it down for you. They'll stamp it with uh, cool artwork, your initials, uh, and they just have a wide variety of handcrafted products. And I love it because he's a maker in action on the property. Uh, we also have um, some handmade pottery from the area and uh, all sorts of wonderful uh, different mixed-media artists. Uh, And then we have one of my favorites is Tiddlywink Toffee, and Hmm. they make the most delicious uh, English toffee. One thing I've been thinking about as you're describing some of the artisans that will be on site there at the market is, as I'm trying to put together my Christmas list, it sounds like there are so many great (laughs) options there, not only for all the people that I'm buying gifts for, but for myself. But I think when we talk about art, it's such a great gift for folks. And it sounds like there's going to be some really diverse options for folks to take care of or to take selections from there at the the market. There really is. I mean, we have everything from jewelry to glass, fabric arts, um, food products, beauty products, candles, uh, wood wood arts, um, photographic arts, just a really wide selection, and I agree. Um, one of my favorite things to get for for 
holidays is uh, the the gift of art as well. And uh, they cert- uh, the customer will certainly have a lot of opportunities to see a diversity of products. And the other great part about this is you get to meet the person who made it. And, ha- and that's where these great stories and conversations and inspirations that they had that you can translate that into a gift and share that story with someone else. Too. It's it's the perfect event for your area, the Three Oaks area, the Autumn Artisan Market. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, uh, in addition to all these things that you're doing there, you know, you as the host, the Journeyman Distillery, I know that, of course, you're going to have your products out there, and, and you've been recognized as being one of the best distilleries in the country. Yeah, so uh, two years, so we've gotten two awards this year. The first one was we were Distiller of the Year with the Ascot Awards. And then we also, for our Corsets, Whips, and Whiskey, which is named in honor of uh, the E.K. Warren Featherbone Factory, uh, we won our second year in a row Best Whiskey by the Ascot Awards. So we've got these beautiful trophies that recognize that. And it's a really big honor, you know, because we're going up against, um, you know, some really fine competition. I bet you are, but uh, you're you're pulling it off. Uh, Journeyman Distillery, the Autumn Artisan Market. For more information, go to journeyman.com. I want to thank David Regan for being with us today. That's going to be a cool event, November 18th and 19th in beautiful little Three Oaks. Make sure to head over there. Very, that very southwest corner of the state. We're going to head to Detroit next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz with Nick Nurbin. And Nick, the program is not done with yet, but we only have one more guest. I've enjoyed this conversation today. And, and this sounds like a, a, a really cool thing as well. Well, you know, Dave, when we talk about Michigan's world-class brewing industry, we talk about craft beer. Mm-hmm. Well, this next guest, Kiki Locke, is going to talk about crafts and beer, as in artisan and indie crafts and how it fits with a great event called Crafts and Beer Indie Arts and Crafts Fest. And Kiki, this is more than just the crafts themselves. There is beer involved as well, is there not? That's correct. Um, We wanted to highlight small businesses and crafters, so we figured that the perfect opportunity would be to have a brewery and then also bring in some small businesses and independent crafters. Oh, this is coming up on November 25th, and Mm -hmm. this looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Is that Small Business Saturday, actually? That's correct. It is, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're really lucky to be able to get that date. Um, there's not that many other things going on in the craft show community, so we're really excited about that, too. So so, so describe this to us. I know you're going to be set up at Detroit's Cultural Center, which is in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Um, just right. off, is it on Woodward? It's actually on um, West Canfield Street. It's at 2nd and Canfield. 2nd and it's Canfield. Across the, mm-hmm, yeah. All right. Um, it's across the street from um, Motor City Brewing Works, who is actually... Um, sponsoring the event, and they're going to be having it at their event space across the street from the tap room. Awesome. And uh, so what's going to be happening there? Um, Basically, we bring in a very diverse selection of um, independent crafters and small businesses to highlight the diversity in the city. Um, And we 
have a lot of people come in and really enjoy the show. They say it's very welcoming and warm. Um, we create a very festive environment, so we decorate with lights, holiday garlands, because it is a holiday market. Um, so that's kind of our, our focus. So. Well, and one of the, the things I love about this is right from the get-go, you mentioned small business, you know, and we mm-hmm. are big supporters of small businesses of all kinds at Pure Michigan. In fact, michigan.org slash support local is a great way to mm-hmm. learn more about how you can support small businesses. And then, of course, having the event on Small Business Saturday, it allows folks to come out. So the Black Friday and Small Business Saturday are often kind of the traditional beginning of the retail shopping yeah. season. Yep. People can come out and start finding great gifts there. It sounds like the Indie Arts and Crafts Fest is a great opportunity to do that. Yes, thank you so much. Um, we're really excited about it. We started with wanting to put it on as an annual event. So that was back in 2019. Um, but hmm. then, of course, COVID happened. Yeah. So we couldn't do the event right. So that kind of put um, a little kink in our plans. But then we brought it back uh, in 2021. And there was you know, great reception. Everybody was really excited. All the crafters were very excited to have us come back. Um, many of our crafters from our previous shows apply each year, too. Um, so then we brought it back. This is our third actual event. Um, so that is something we're excited about to keep the momentum going, too. So Well, you, you talked about the diversity of the artisans and the, the mediums that they work in. So mm-hmm. why don't you give us an idea of um, some of the, the products that, that we're going to be able to purchase there and some of the artists that, that we might uh, meet there as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yep. So we wanted to um, make sure that all handicrafts are represented. Um, So we have crafters in, um, we try to make sure that it's not more than two vendors per category. So each category would be, for instance, um, pottery and ceramics. Uh, We have candle vendors, woodwork vendors, uh, handcrafted jewelry, soaps, glasswork, paper crafts. Uh, We get into textiles and apparels like uh, crochet. Um, we have wall art. Uh, a lot of it, some of it's experimental too, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and then, of course, leather work, textile, toys, treats, and more. So we have a nice, nice collection. So that you know, it's it's great for gift giving too. So it's not just coming in and seeing you know your typical crafts that you might see at other craft shows. We try to keep it so that it is you know, something for everybody. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier it's going to be happening across the street from the Motor City Brewing Works tap room. And I know that yes. Motor City Brewing Works is, is one of the older breweries in Detroit in terms of craft beer. And that tradition mm-hmm. has really uh, helped to inspire a lot of other folks to brew beer in the greater Detroit yeah. area. And so that's kind of neat mm-hmm. to be able to involve a traditional craft brewer like Motor City Brewing Works. Yeah, it's actually really exciting because they were the um, first operating microbrewery in Detroit in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are also home of Gutter Blaster Ale, which came out, I believe, in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really popular um, go-to beverage for craft beer drinkers. Well, and Motor City Brewing Works uh, is really known for their pizza. I've been there many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it's supposed to be very good. Uh, of course, I've had the pizza, and I know it is. So it's a good mm-hmm. thing. So you're going to have Motor City Brewing Works, and then right across mm-hmm. the street, basically, you have this, mm-hmm. in effect, holiday market. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it's uh, going to be a blast. How, how long does it go uh, uh, during the day? Um, it's going to start at 11 in the morning, and then it will go until 7 p.m. 
um, our crafters actually gave us the feedback to those are the hours that they prefer. So that's when the, the area is the most busy. Um, there's a lot of local shoppers and um, you know people that are already in Midtown that are looking for new things to do. So we kind of have lucked out with that. Well, sounds like a good time. The Indie Arts and Crafts Fest coming up November 25th to Detroit uh, over by a Motor City Brewing Works. If you know where that is, you're going to be able to find this. But here's the website to find out more, craftsandbeer.com. We want to thank Kiki Locke for being with us today. And, and Nick, of course, I, I can't believe it because it just seems like the holiday season kind of crept up on us. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Uh, before you know it, Thanksgiving is going to be here. And then it is that uh, big gift-giving time of the year. What was that website you mentioned earlier uh, where people can find out how to support local businesses? Because I'm sure there are a lot of other artisans that are featured on that website as well. Yeah, michigan.org slash support local. It's a great way for folks to discover not only places to support small businesses, but ways that they can do that while they travel, while they dine in their area. Great way to learn how to support Michigan businesses. Did you know when people travel in Michigan or really anywhere in America, the two things they're most likely to do, and this is why retail is really important, Mm -hmm. the two things they're most likely to do is they will eat and they will shop. And of course, they're going to spend a lot of money. And while they do that, they of course help to employ people. That's why the travel industry is so important for Michigan. Travel in Michigan accounts for something over $26 billion of economic activity. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 350,000, we call them direct jobs. In other words, people who work in the travel industry. And then there are all these other people who support those businesses and those jobs. So the travel industry is so important to us here in Michigan. That's exactly why we promote traveling throughout the state. That's why we really are happy that you join us on this program every week. I want to encourage you to continue to do that as uh, we move through the year. And of course, if you're looking for something to do as you travel around the state late in this fall going into winter, we do provide an events section at michigan.org as well where you can find information on a variety of things. You can even kind of tune it in to a specific day. If you know you're going to be, let's say, in a certain area on a certain day, you can go to that calendar, you can click on it, and you can look for what's happening either in that city, in that region, or throughout the entire state. It's the most visited part of Michigan.org, the events section. I go there every week, Mm -hmm. and I'm always impressed with how many people get involved in so many things. We are the, the... the festivals and events state and there'll be no doubt about it when you go to michigan.org well nick that's all the time we have for travel michigan this week it's been great to have you on with us today absolutely great to be here all right uh, so we will talk to you next week right here where you're going to learn more about traveling all throughout the state of michigan on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org Let's go traveling.